Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Hey, footies. No! <laughs> you take that back. You send that back to the morgue where I sent it. <laughs> Hello, listeners. It's good to have you back. My name is Joe Langlois, and this week we are going to be discussing Field of Dreams. I'm Ray Giroso, and the sports movies just keep on coming. Yeah. Six Monsters, Sense, Inc., Six Sense. Full Fiction. Full Metal Alchemist, the movie. Uh-huh. I remember when we did that one. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Ray, mm-hmm. since you love sports movies so much, can you tell me what the plot of this particular sports movie is all about? Sure, I'd love to. Field of Dreams is a classic baseball movie featuring David Gallagher as Mikey, uh, the son of Farmer George, played by Kevin Costner. Okay. Uh, Mikey is determined to bring together the community through his love of baseball. And together with his dad, he makes a baseball field where the country towns, kids and family come together. This is a, a small little uh, Illinois country rural town. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and that... <laughs> That's what's going on, right? You feeling a little... No, there's something in my throat. Okay. Um, so everything's going fine for a while. They make the field and people come together and play the games and it's fun. And we get to see some of the people in the town and get to know them a little bit and their kids. Um, but tragedy strikes when Mikey's dad is paralyzed in an accident during a, a, a goods transport for his vegetables for his farm. Okay. Uh, but the community comes together to support him and Mikey and says, it's okay. Like... You know, it sucks, but it's okay, you know, and that good come-together feeling that you, you get from a movie. Yeah. After a tragedy hits and everybody comes together and you get that catharsis. Uh-huh. Um, and George becomes the coach of the town's little league, and they start to face off against other uh, kids' teams. So it's, like, it's not that's not the focus of the movie, but that happens. You, we see a few scenes of, like, kids playing baseball. Right. And then... Um, the, the the town's reputation is further uh, heightened by the fact that the Chicago Cubs appear because their bus breaks down and they get to bond with the kids in the community and inspire George and Mikey to continue their their dream, their field of dreams. Okay. Well, you say the Chicago Cubs and this is taking some in place in some rural area. Like where? Illinois. I said Illinois. Oh, okay. My bad. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go on. That's why it's the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And not the Sox, the other Chicago team. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe they're here too. I maybe okay. Maybe I remember the Chicago Cubs, but actually, a bunch of other teams appear too because movie. So magic. the Chicago Cubs Cubs come to town and they play on the field of dreams. Yes. Okay. Yes, and they they get to show off their skills. And the people in the community love it, and it's fun. So is this movie more about Mikey or about George? I think the first half is more about Mikey, 
and like his excitement to start the field and like all that and building a a really a better relationship with his father uh-huh. uh because his mother left him that's okay like not a big point plot point in the movie it's but just like the two that, of them yeah it's just the two of them um and the second half is more focused on george's struggles with dealing with being paralyzed and not really being able to take care of the farm like he hires people right like it's fine but it it's you know that sucks yeah he's and not he able to do to the come... thing that he's been doing his whole life right and he has to come to terms with that and mikey helps him with the little league okay. and the, the community comes around that idea so it sounds like this is kind of just like a slice of life like mm-hmm. it's kind of just nice and some bad things happen but it's not you know, not high drama or anything like that. No, I don't. I don't know. It's it's a very family friendly, family feel good film. Okay. Who's your favorite character out of the people that show up on screen? My favorite character is Annie, who is one of the little kids in the the baseball. She's a lot reminiscent. She's very reminiscent of. Hidden Panettiere's character. She's very tomboyish, very energetic, very okay. passionate about it. Um, and she's just high energy and she's really fun. Okay. Don't ask me who plays her. I won't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so a lot of... This is this movie is beloved. Like A lot of people really like this movie a whole lot. As do you, obviously. I know you've seen it tons of times. So amazing. Um, what scene is like the most memorable to you, and like the one that, if if you had to pick one, <sighs> what's the part of the movie that makes it such a such a big hitter for so many people? You know, I um I I think the my favorite scene and probably others is when the Cubs come out of the the cornfields. After their bus breaks down and they're just like, um, hey, can we... and they like they're there to find help, but instead they run into a baseball field and they're like, okay, let's play baseball instead. And then, you know, George and Mikey are there and mm-hmm. the community starts coming. They're like, hey, the Cubs are here. Like they're playing on this field. It's really cool. Okay. Why are you making that face, Joe? I'm just trying to think of what to ask next. I, okay. You, you've given me a lot to work with, so... You gave me a lot of emotions in that two seconds. Um, there, There is an actor in this film that we've seen in another film recently. I'll give you multiple choice. Okay. It's Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's John Travolta. Or it's James Earl Jones. Which of those three men appears in this movie? I hope to God it's James Earl Jones appears in this movie as a caretaker as of a some sort. Caretaker as a is, is he caretaker. hired on as like the caretaker of the Field of Dreams? No. Well, here's the thing. How old is James Earl Jones? I don't know anything about James Earl Jones aside from the fact that he voices Mufasa. Mufasa. He and could be a baseball player again. Today he might, he's got to be over seventy, right? He might be a baseball player. I think you think James Earl Jones is in this movie. Out of those, yeah, I'm men. locking in on that one. Okay, and <laughs> and what what character is he? 
he is he is he on one of the cubs is he i feel like didn't they just get the roster of the cubs to make this movie at the time absolutely yeah that's that's very infamous for sports films don't you remember d2 they got the original ducks (laughs) okay (laughs) i don't even know if that's true but the coach is there um no he's the coach He's the of coach. the Cubs. Of, oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, yeah, yeah. James Earl Jones is the coach of the Cubs okay. in this movie, but all the players are actual players from the Cubs. Okay. Um, was there any iconic music from this movie? I know, I know one song that I always associate strongly with this movie. Does anything like that stick out to you? My initial thought is take me out to the ball game. <laughs> I, yeah, you know that. I think that's in there. But you know, there's probably another more uh, current popular song. Let me think of the late '80s real quick and what music they could be doing here. I'm gonna. <clears throat> okay, we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel's in this movie. Okay, it plays during one of the baseball scenes. All right. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to drill down on one more thing before we start wrapping up here. You've mentioned, like, the small town community, and presumably there's, like, you know, a relationship thing between father and son. Maybe some tension there, but that gets resolved. Maybe there's no tension, and maybe it's just um, the tension comes from George having this accident and Mikey having mm-hmm. to help him deal with that. Um, yeah. and we know that the Chicago Cubs show up in this movie and have an extended cameo where they just play baseball on this small rural baseball field. And it's this excellent thing for the community. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot, but I, I, I don't feel like that's enough to make this movie special. Do you know what I mean? Like what, what am I missing here? What's, what's the thing that, what's the reason that people love this movie? Is it, it or is it one of those things, and I'm just misremembering? Hold on, hold on, wait. Let me. You just tell. You just told me in the nicest way possible that my movie plot isn't good. Basically. No, no, no. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel like it would resonate with everybody. You know. You know. If you say the special thing is the Cubs coming on a screen, that wasn't special enough for me. I, I like baseball just fine, but I'm not a Cubs fan. So like, it was cool. To okay. See okay. Them. Okay. Okay. Like I said earlier, and I'm gonna do- I'm gonna make this more clear. Um, initially, it's just the Cubs, but there's other teams too. Oh right, okay, okay. <laughs> so we we see other teams. Do we see like the whole conference show up in this film? Not all of them. They wanted to, but they didn't have enough budget, and they some of them were busy practicing for the coming okay. baseball league. But a lot of the teams show up, um, and they're just small cameos. But that if you're a true baseball fan, you'll you'll notice them. You you'll know who they are. They're wearing their jerseys. <laughs> okay. Baseball jacket. All right, right. This is getting painful. Let's get out of here. Um, what was the line? What is the most iconic line from this movie that that you remember? I've been stewing on this one. It's, it's um, and it made sense once I thought of it. Uh 
it's Mikey to George in the beginning when George is like, there's like, no one's going to use this field. And then Mikey is like, and like the most wizened, like he, he's short, but his dad's like leaning down. He puts his hand, he puts his hand on his dad's shoulder and says, dad, if we build it, they will come and they'll play baseball. Okay. What? Okay, good. All right, let's go get some peanuts and Cracker Jacks and watch this baseball movie. Okay. Oh, wait, are they popping the peanuts? Oh, no, wait, wait. Oh, ah, mm. Joey, you made some faces in this one. I'm worried. Oh, wow, these uh, popped peanuts really aren't all that bad. Weird. Anyway, welcome to the ad break, and this is an ad break after all, so if you want to sponsor the show, please send us an email, mockfootage at gmail.com. And if you want a message read out on the show, you can always sign up for an incoming transmission. You can find those under the incoming transmissions tab on lunarlightstudio.com. You can get a personal message read out for $25.00. Or a business message read out for $50 to promote another podcast or a game or some art that you want people to get their eyes on to. That's just one way you can support the show. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you about two of the other shows here on LunarLightStudio.com. First, let's talk about Badvertising. Badvertising is a comedy horror podcast wherein the hosts are ad executives who take your favorite brands and then create a new product for them and a viral ad campaign that will be sure to end in failure, depending on how you define failure. It's hosted by the ad firm of Parker, Lennox, and Rose. That's Penny Parker, Lily Blue Lennox, and Haley Rose. And every other Monday on Lunar Light Studio, they will take you on a wild ride that you will not be able to forget. And this show has a weird amount of lore. So if you're getting into it fresh, I would recommend starting on an episode that you are interested to hear more about. But if you like it, which of course you will, because it's amazing, um, you probably should start from the beginning and allow the lore to slowly build up over time. Advertising, your dissatisfaction guaranteed. The second show that we want to cover today is called What You Call It. Have you heard of this one? What You Call It is a conversational, freeform comedy podcast where two friends, Britt and Reed, talk about whatever is on their minds. Join them as they get together and discuss current events, pop culture, or any other nerdy thing that comes to their minds. New episodes are available for What You Call It every other Tuesday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever else you might find your podcasts. What You Call It. Your belly button is your old mouth. And I really don't like saying that, but it's part of their tagline, and Britt and Reed are wonderful folks. So I don't mind biting the bullet for this one. Oh, and with that, it looks like the seventh inning stretch is just about over, so let's get back into the show. Well, folks, we're back. It's the bottom of the ninth. And we're here to close out this episode. Ray, what were your thoughts on it? <laughs> Wait, that's me. Sorry. I just kind of took the the wheel there. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's good. It's good. 
Ray, what were your thoughts on it? Um, you know, this was a nice feel-good baseball movie. It was exactly what I said it was going to be, 100%. I got it mostly right. Kevin Costner was in it. Uh-huh. James Earl Jones, James was, in Jones was in it. Um, there, was I a, can s- there was a character named Annie. And there's a child that's really good. I I really... I can see why it is in it is encased in the the Nash, National Archives as a very good movie. Um baseball. Baseball. Family. Family. For closure. He will come. <laughs> so man, this is a weird flick, huh? I know that you have to go through all of the minutia of the plot, but I want to talk about the fiction of baseball heaven and the mechanics therein. <laughs> but yes, yes, that, I I do too. I'm gonna I'm gonna breeze through the plot as quickly as I can because it's a weird one. <laughs> it's um, so weird. After there's an opening montage where the main character Ray introduces That's his himself. deathbed. <laughs> okay. Please you do your plot. Ignore me. The the main character Ray introduces himself and his wife Annie and his daughter Karen and also the fact that he had had a bad relationship with his father John and um also that baseball was very important to him. And as soon as this um opening sequence ends, you see him in a field on a farm because he owns a farm with Annie and he hears a voice when he's out in the corn and the voice says <laughs> If you build it, he will come. <laughs> Keep going. And then he keeps hearing this voice, and he is struggling with it, and then he sees a vision of a baseball field in his cornfield, and he somehow convinces his wife to let him do this. So he builds this baseball field, and then nothing happens for a while. Th- then they start to encounter money troubles because they don't have corn in their farm. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> then right when they have to make a decision on whether or not to like w- if they're going to keep the baseball field or not he hears the voice again and it says ease his pain and through a series of events ray decides that the pain that he has to ease belongs to uh, an author terrence Mann. so he travels to boston to track down terrence Mann and takes him to a baseball game where they both see another message about an old player named Moonlight Graham, who lives in Minnesota. Then when they get to Minnesota, they find out that he's dead, and they talk to <laughs> Ray talks to his ghost <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> keep going, keep and then going. They, they take a younger ghost version of him back to Iowa so that he can play. With the ghost baseball man. I also forgot, you to, forgot mention, to mention the ghost baseball man. The ghost baseball man did show up after he built the field. Um, so, yeah, so now there's like a lots of ghost baseball men at this field. And then the, the money man sees that the baseball players are there and all the people are going to come <laughs> to. <laughs> Watch the baseball ghosts play baseball and spend money to do that. And that's the plot. Also, Terrence Mann writes the book Shoeless Joe in Iowa, which is what the movie's based off of, probably. Yeah. And and also, um, at the very end, 
one of the baseball ghosts that came back was Ray's dad, John, and they get to like seal up some some loose ends and uh, unload a little bit of baggage. And there's this nice ghost catharsis, which should be familiar from last week. So now that I've <laughs> based, like that's what that's what happens in the movie. That's, you, th- it's a wild ride. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Most of this movie is grounded in realism, and yeah. then suddenly ghosts and sci-fi is involved. Yeah. And you're like, hmm. Everyone <laughs> reacts to it as though it's normal, and there's that soothing piano scoring in the background, <laughs> like, constantly. So you're never, like, it, the movie, like, trains you to not think about how weird the things are <laughs> that are happening. But it's really weird. It's really weird. And, like... They never, ex- until the end, they're like, is it, are we talking about heaven? Are there ghosts? Eh, don't worry about it. Do you, do you, do you think I'm a ghost? I, you look real, then I'm real. What does that mean? Also, as soon as the movie starts, and the first thing that you hear is the voice that says, if you build it, he will come, Ray's reaction was, what do you mean? <laughs> That was that was really accurate to my voice. Thank you. And then, and then the voice repeats itself. If you build it, he will come. And Ray says that doesn't answer my question, which is excellent because that is what the main character Ray is also going through. Oh, I'm also Ray. Hello. Hi. It was weird hearing my name. And hey, James Earl Jones saying my name fifty times in one sentence was really, really weird. Also, Shoeless Joe Jackson. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All of them just saying, Ray. Ray. I'm like, stop. Stop saying my name. It's not a common movie name. (laughs) It's not. This, okay, folks. This is a wild ride. Okay? It's really good. It's very touching. It's very heartfelt. It, it, like, it doesn't put baseball in your face like a good sports movie. Although they talk, they they mention baseball a lot because it's important to the characters. Yeah, they do. And what I noticed on this run is that like Karen works kind of as an audience. Karen, their daughter, works as a mm-hmm. kind of an audience mm-hmm. surrogate for people that aren't super familiar with sports because she's like a four year old kid, and so she like throughout the movie she asks like, "What's a southpaw?" And then like the dad. I'll- Ray will explain. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a left-handed pitcher. Like, and, that and I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, I have to imagine that that's where I learned a lot of baseball stuff was from this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I have so many thoughts racing through my brain. I want to talk about James Earl Jones's monologue yeah. about yeah, how America, how America is 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 lean leans on baseball to keep them together. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, this is cheesy. It's also, super cheesy. But also, like it's it's it was true for a while. I don't know if baseball is still the thing that grounds us together. It seems like no. the internet is the thing that keeps us together now. <laughs> um, but you know, honestly, baseball is a very big part of America's history, and mm-hmm. it might not be what I know a lot about, but a lot of people care about it. And it was a good good movie to. I can see why it's very popular, especially in the '90s when. You know, baseball was still in its heyday. Like my family still watches a lot of baseball games. Mm-hmm. I just went Not to live. a baseball game a couple of weeks ago. The first See? one I've been to in a while. It was 
really long and very boring. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so yeah, it's a good movie. I really like I I I James Terrence Mann is great. Annie's great. Karen's yeah. great. Ray is a dork. Like he's can I, a. Can I go on to Annie for just a second? Please. So, Annie's excellent. I don't know why she lets Ray get away with all the stuff that she does, but she's so good. Um, and the scene where we find out about Terrence Mann as an author is they're at like a PTA meeting at the school and a lot of the teacher or a lot of the parents in the community want to ban books by Terrence Mann because they're subversive or whatever. Um, and like, so there's kind of like a lot of people like speaking up like, yeah, yeah, it's perverted. There's, there's gross stuff in there. We can't have our kids reading this. And then, like, Annie starts fighting back. And Ray's like, wait, Annie, like, chill out. Like, and Annie's like, don't worry, Ray. I'll be cool. And then she stands up and she says, um... To a very oh, no, rude no, no, no. lady. She, the, the, yeah, the lady, the lady that's up there says, at least my husband did a, didn't build a baseball field in his, in his cornfield. And then that's when Annie is like, I'll, I'll be cool, Ray. Don't worry. At least he's not a book burner, you Nazi cow. <laughs> and like, it was so good. So good. It was such a good line. A and then she line. goes off about conservatism, and mm-hmm. it's very great. It's very good. Uh, and and she, she shows how America is great, and freedom of expression and writing is okay, and mm-hmm. we shouldn't limit our children and people to what they consume for knowledge. And it was fun. It was a good... Annie's great. Annie's wonderful. Yeah. So... You look really sad. No, I'm just like... I... I'm not... I'm not sad. Well, I'm I'm sad. I'm sad. I am sad. Because this movie was made in 1989. This movie was made 30 years ago. And I just feel like that exact same conversation is still happening today. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Anyway... Um, what else struck out to you? Get get into the. I know that you wanted to talk about the the lore and the fiction of Baseball Heaven. Here's the thing, is like I've always thought of like those feel good Hallmark weird magic movies as like a separate category than than sci fi fantasy. But mm-hmm. this movie made me think of them as sci fi fantasy. Yeah, because the thing is, Ray makes a baseball field, and then. Dead baseball players come out of the corn, children of the corn style, mm-hmm. and start playing baseball. And they can't leave the baseball field, but they can go into the corn, and only some people can see them. Mm-hmm. And what makes what is the rule for that? Because <laughs> Terrence Mann can see them, but Mark, who's Annie's brother and also the one trying to shut down the field so they can have money again can't see them until he accidentally makes Karen choke and almost die and then Dr. Graham who was a ghost and then was was also a hitchhiker when he was younger and joined Terrence Mann and Ray back to Iowa yeah. saved her by becoming a doctor by stepping over the field what? 
Uh-huh. There's a lot of... Listen, I need some... There's a lot of rules being broken here, okay? There's not... I don't know that any rules are being broken. They're just never clearly established at all. Um, Ray can go into the field and come out because he's well, not he's dead. He's a person. Yeah, any of the people can do that. The ghosts can't leave the field. And Terrence so, Man ghosts into the field and becomes a ghost? That's true. Don't know what that's about. Don't know Don't know what happens with Terrence Man going into the corn and becoming a ghost. Because he makes the book. Because it, if Ray just walks into the corn, he won't go into baseball heaven. I don't think. Right. But did we know that Dr. Graham, hitchhiker Archie Graham, was a ghost? Yeah, I mean, he had been dead for decades. But so, was Arch- Archie Graham was the same as Dr. Graham that yes. is established. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he was a ghost the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he... Dr. Graham was dead, like old old Graham was dead by yes. before they got to Minnesota. Yes. So Ray had a conversation with old Graham and the ghost old Graham was of like I got my shot up there, but I'm glad I got I'm glad I had the life I had. And then the next day when they're leaving, they see young Graham on the side of the road. And they don't know it's him until he mentions his name. Right. But he also doesn't doesn't, fully know it's him either. Like, yeah. Because ghost reasons. Mm -hmm, Because ghost reasons. Mm -hmm. But he had unfinished. It's it's all about magic. Like, did he have unfinished business? I don't think these are the same ghosts from The Sixth Sense. It's more about this movie is not about ghosts with unfinished business necessarily. It's more. It was about about Ray having unfinished business with his father. That's true. But I think that the ghosts that come to the field are more about the magic of baseball. Are they? Because his 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 unfinished business as a ghost, as a baseball ghost, was that he got uh, he got one or no he he played one inning and he never got to bat, and then he got to do that as a ghost as a baseball ghost. Graham. After he Graham right. Okay. And then after he did that, he he knew that leaving the field, he wouldn't be able to go back as a player again. But he left the field so that he could save Karen. Right. Uh, and he, he got to do what he needed to do. Right. So so they estab- establish that it might be a sort of heaven thing situation. So mm-hmm. let's assume there's heaven. Okay? Yeah. Let's okay. Assume, okay, rule one. Let's assume there's heaven. These okay. ghosts are coming down from heaven to go to a baseball field in Iowa. Eh? Okay. And the portal is in the corn. Yeah. So Terrence Mann went to heaven so he can learn about baseball ghosts. Yes. As a as a classic read, yes. Okay. Now what's it, what were you going to say? Twice in the movie, baseball ghosts ask Ray if this is heaven. And both times Ray says, no, it's Iowa. And the second time at the end of the movie, Ray says... It, is heaven real? Does heaven exist? And his dad says, "Oh yeah, definitely. Like it's it's the place where dreams come true." And then and he then looks at his family. He looks at his family, and he hears his daughter laughing, and he says, "Maybe this is heaven." And maybe, and that's what I said. <laughs> he was dead the whole time, <laughs> and that's why I said the opening that was his deathbed, right? <laughs> so Ray's unfinished business. Was... That, that was like the video. That was his video, Will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, 
follow us in us in this fiction. So if he if that was the deathbed, what is Ray's unfinished business? Because he broke all the ghost rules, but he mm-hmm. wasn't a baseball ghost. He, he was a just a regular ghost. ghost who went to go find Terrence Mann, who is a man and then becomes a ghost. Yes. Later. And that's why he can talk to Dr. Graham, because they're both ghosts. Correct. Now, does that mean that Annie and Karen are ghosts? No, they are. And that Mark are... dies. Once he goes into the house, yes. Well, Mark <laughs> might be a metaphor for hell and consumerism. And anyway, <sighs> sign the contract, Ray. Sign the contract. Yeah. Okay, we're off the we're off the rails. We're off the field. I don't now. think we can make sense of it. I I don't think we can, but I want to talk about it. I want to try. <laughs> I want to try. Now, so the the crux of this movie is the fact that Ray is desperately trying to figure out why there are voices in his head, and he seems crazy. And thankfully, most of the people he meets and talks to about are like, yeah, okay, yeah. I also heard those voices. Okay. Mostly Terrence Mann. This is just Terrence Terrence Mann. Ray and Terrence. Terry. Go on an adventure to Minnesota, right? And they come back. Like, the whole thing is a wild goose chase for Ray to come to terms with his... With not being able to uh, reconcile with his father. And also... Because if if he didn't build the field... So they wouldn't have to worry about money. Yeah. So the whole point is is the final scene with his father. Mm-hmm. But they don't get there until the very end, and you're still wondering why why is he being told to make this field? And then Shoeless Joe is like, "It's it's Daddy. If you build it, he will come. He if you build, he, he will come. Your your eats his not pain. Me. And he's like, "Oh my pain." <laughs> oh, the pain was mine. Oh, oh my pain. <laughs> Can we talk about how much of a dork Kevin Costner is in this film? Absolutely, one hundred percent. He he has such a doofy smile whenever he smiles. And what was that thing he did? He was being such a goobus about. Um, there was when he like when he goes out to play with Julius Joe in the, the in the very beginning and he like <laughs> right. throws the ball up to himself to hit it out to Julius Joe out in the field and he misses and then he says sorry and he like puts the bat up i'll get it i'll get a few out there <laughs> no, here's the thing you just met the ghost of a famous baseball player you look up to yeah and you miss the first bat cuz uh-huh. you're so nervous yeah you can you can feel that you can feel that but also when he was in the car and he was like trying to figure out how to get Terrence Mann to go to a baseball game with oh him. Oh my god. And he was Hi. Hi. Hi, I'm Ray. Yeah. Terrence Mann is also a goobus. Yes. He's yeah. such a <laughs> Once he opens up, he's a really silly lad. He's very silly, but also a very big grounding force mm-hmm. for Ray and making sure that he stays on the right path. Even though Terry doesn't know what path it is exactly. Mm-hmm. And he talks about it in the car when they're coming back to Iowa. Like, I understand everyone's purpose in this car. What's mine? And I'm like, it's to write the book. Yeah, it's to tell the story. <laughs> it's to tell the story. And then he goes to heaven instead, but also promises he'll make the book. So 
I don't know what's trying to be said there. I really don't. It's not, I don't think that there's a point. I don't think that there's like a, a big message. I think, I think it's very similar in, in that way to the movie that you originally pitched where it's just a feel good, like baseball is great. Family is great. Like let's resolve some tension. Those tones were there. Yeah. That's... Every single tone was there. Yeah. Like there's like, there is that message in the scene with, with Annie in the PTA meeting about like mess it mess it censorship get out of here we don't need you um but like that's not the point of the movie it's just one thing that is said in it mm-hmm. so yeah. i don't know uh, which... so what's the moral center of this movie then what's the lesson what, what do you think make a field to make up with your ghost dad <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know if that's um Chase your dreams. I mean, chase your dreams. Like, he has the whole crisis in the beginning that his father never got to follow his dreams. And he was worried about that. And this field, this baseball field, was his chance to do that. And, like, it leads to wild things. But he gets there. Um, He gets there. I mean, like, even the financial troubles, which are, like, tense and an issue, are kind of ancillary because that's solved with... Um, both Karen and Terrence saying the people will come to this field and pay money to watch ghost baseball players. It's okay. Yeah. If you, if you have a passion and you follow it, things will work out for you. Yes. And you know, maybe that's a little foolhardy, but I, it's a good, I think there's a good heart to that message. Don't, don't give up on your dreams. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people growing up, give up on a lot of their dreams you know yeah even if we look at moonlight graham and his character because he says at one point um ray says to him i keep wanting to call him kevin ray says to him at one point uh you you came this close to having your dream and it passed you right by some men would consider that a tragedy Mm -hmm. and dot graham replies if I got to spend my life as a doctor because that didn't happen. If I didn't get to, if I only got to be a doctor for five minutes, that would have been the tragedy. Oh, right. But he still got to, he still got to live out his dream of winking at the pitcher and having an at bat and getting a hit. And mm-hmm. like exactly what he said, like he got, he like slid into third on a triple and like all of this stuff. He like it. he got what he wanted and he got to live out that dream, but he didn't have, that wasn't heaven for him. He got to, he got to have that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was nice too. The thing is, dreams change. The point is, don't give up on them. Right, right. If right. you decide that you don't want this anymore, not because other factors are in the way, but because you don't want it anymore, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And this is me telling you. This is a PSA to it's you, a PSA listener. To you, follow your dreams, whatever it may be, and that may change. But don't give up. Isn't it weird how this movie is like? so strange and so cheesy but it still fills you with like a a well of happiness <laughs> yeah i i did start tearing up at one point yeah. somebody it was near the end somebody said something and oh yeah no it was karen saying they will they will come and then yeah. Karen saying they will come and people i started come, tearing up people will most definitely come and i started crying because he was talking to me specifically <laughs> people will come to our podcast joe People, yeah, we built it. We built this podcast. All the ghost podcasters are coming. <laughs> um, okay, it's been a while. Oh, oh, I did want to talk about the music briefly. 
Oh, yeah. There's the piano scoring, but I mentioned, I just really wanted to resolve this in the first half that I, there was a song that I always associate heavily with this movie, and that song is Jessica. I don't know that song. It's the guitar song when he first hits the road to travel to mm. Boston. It's like, yeah, I feel like that song has the exact same energy as this movie. And yeah, I don't know that song, but there wasn't. There wasn't any Billy Joel. I was I was really expecting some Billy Joel to pop up somewhere, but it didn't happen. It made sense. Mm-hmm. It made sense. Honestly, that's why I went with Billy Joel. It just yeah. felt right. When you said that, I was like, that's that, that, that could happen. <laughs> I mean, we didn't start The Fire. It came out in 89, and this movie came out in 89, mm-hmm. and I don't know how song movie production works. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously, if it's the same year, it has to happen. If if you make it in the same year, it will happen. Uh, yeah, Joe. obviously. If you make it in the same year, it will happen. He's his pain. He's his pain. He's my pain. Hey, who is he? What's up? No, I said, who is he? Who, who is he? Who he? Who's pain? Who is pain? From Hercules. Um. Also, go the distance from Hercules. Also, go the distance. Oh, if only I made a Hercules movie instead. <laughs> I would have been much closer than this wacky, good-hearted baseball movie. Your your plot was not very close at all. You did. My plot was very bad. It was. I. It. It could have been this movie. Like it if... could be a movie out there. Is the thing. <laughs> a lot of things I can I say can be a story that is made somewhere. I, I have like a lot I, of ideas, to be in but... fairness, I also asked you before we started, like. What about your movie made it special and made people love it, even if they weren't baseball fans? You did you did also drill down on it was the Cubs and not the White Sox. <laughs> the White Sox was kind of the main. <laughs> I don't know baseball. Me neither. Me neither. I couldn't have told you that. Um, but <laughs> you said you, you couldn't really. You said it was just like all the different baseball teams showing up. And there were a lot of different baseball teams that showed up that were represented at the end of the movie. But. I don't think that there's anything specifically about this movie that, like, I don't know why. I like. Can you? You like, gave me a trick question, and I knew that it was a trick question. I didn't know that it was a trick question. I don't know what is what it is about this, other than the performances, and like, there's a lot of small storylines that all kind of come together. But like, it's it's the pacing of it is really fast and really mm-hmm. weird. Um, it's it's such a strange flick. Like on on. It growing up, like I watched this movie every couple of years or so, and it was like it's just it's just a movie. But like, who going back? It's a weird one. Listen, I can accept ghost times in the sixth sense, but in this one, it just didn't. It, it clicked. It was fine. It was just jarring sometimes. It, being reminded that they're baseball ghosts. They're ghosts, and the rules of the ghosts were never clear, and the they're they're purpose or their goal was never clear it was never really it's because it wasn't about them but i still wanted it fleshed out or at least the background to have concrete rules so i didn't question it but then what that means is that there was like 18 or 20 people came out of baseball heaven to play on this field so that ray and john could repair their relationship which seems kind of wild hey if that is their purpose fine (laughs) which character or storyline or uh, scene gave you the most 
give you the most emotional resonance? Like, what what thing like hit you the hardest? Um, the scene, the final scene with with Ray and his dad. Oh, yeah. I felt like it should have been James Earl Jones's monologue, but it was just so goofy that I like couldn't. Yeah, like I could see people like really attaching to that Mm -hmm. it just wasn't that wasn't it for me right james earl jones monologue about baseball was powerful and moving but it was about baseball and i just didn't really connect with it like i Mm -hmm. like baseball a lot but i the thing i was thinking was (laughs) the the, my problem with with that scene was i was thinking so where the minority baseball players yeah yeah. (laughs) that was my thought (laughs) yeah and that that is a thing with this movie for sure a lot a lot of white folks i mean baseball has had a very big racist history Mm mm-hmm just like any sport in America. I'll talk about that later. Yeah, another time. Um, but so you're saying that the final scene with Ray and his dad in the, in the club. Yeah, that really got me. Mm-hmm. For me, it's always been the Moonlight Graham storyline. Like when he's talking about powerful, yeah. his wife, when that old man is in the bar and talking about like all the blue that hats so that he good. bought. Oh, that got man. me too. That was, <sighs> that was really good. That, 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 really that old man was a good actor, or he was actually talking about his friend, and they decided <laughs> and they to the use rolling. add that. <laughs> they just the rolled. thing is, is that it just felt so honest. Yeah, yeah. that that scene specifically, and it, it was fun seeing Terry interview people like a writer, like a journalist, mm-hmm. and yep. it was fun. It was a fun scene, post ended with very emotional things, and. Mm-hmm. And that that old man that played Moonlight Graham was just like stellar. Like he was so charismatic, yeah, without having need to be. Yeah. You better get home before Alicia thinks he picked up a girlfriend, which is so <laughs> cute. It's so cute. All right, Ray. Let's get out of here. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Sure, Joe. I would like to thank Kyla's mother, Mary, for suggesting this wild movie to us. Thank you. It was a really fun joy to have. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you again for the suggestion. We were it was on the list. I'm glad that we did it when we did. Mm-hmm. Um and jeez. What a weird flick. I did not remember <laughs> it being this weird. <laughs> um if you want to suggest a film to us, you can reach out to us at mock footage on Twitter or you can send us an email like Mary did at uh at not at you can send an email to mockfootage at gmail.com and if it's on the list we'll do it sooner if it's not on the list we'll discuss how and if we can do it and uh we'll, we'll get it out to you and we'll figure it out um this has been a fun project let's just like take temperature for a minute this is i think the 18th episode 18th movie we watched mm-hmm. together this has yeah. been a fun little project yeah, it has. I'm still enjoying it, <laughs> which is the whole point. Yeah, It's for us to enjoy movies together. Well, thank you for watching these movies with me. Listener, thank you for uh, joining <laughs> us on this ride. <laughs> and uh, to close it off, Ray, what was the line... Can I, okay, I'll tell you the line that like always stuck out because of my family. My whole family always thought the line mm-hmm. was funny. It's when it's when uh, Ray's mother-in-law can't oh she can't God. see the baseball players, and the the whole family is like, "Yeah, they're out there. The men are out there," and she says, "It's 
I don't think it's very polite to try to make other people feel stupid. And then she walks away. I just, I rolled my eyes so hard. I'm like, old lady, you need to shut up, okay? so funny. It was so acidic that I was, I was like, you don't like Ray at all, do you? (laughs) Ugh. What, what's, what's the line that sticks out for you? What's the most, the most memorable line? I just, I, I just get like, I feel like James Earl Jones attacked me when he said, listen, Ray. Ray, listen, listen. People will come. People will come. Ray, people will Ray, come. Ray, the people will come. And I'm like, okay, I get it. So people that's gonna most s- definitely come. That will stick with me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful. Give me one. Give me a James Earl Jones. People will come. I can't. I can't. People no. will come. come Instead, I'm gonna yeah. ask people to send me their baseball ghost sonas. <laughs> them in an old uniform. <laughs> And like wispy little ghost tails. <laughs> Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Guys, guess what? What's, What's up? up I know we've been looking for a great Overwatch podcast, and I think I just found the perfect one. Another one? Do they do a ton of esports coverage too? Nope, they're filthy casuals, just like us. Okay, but are they like super boring jerks? Or are they really toxic, like a lot of the community? No, they're total friends, and they're really welcoming to both new and experienced players. Okay, cool. They sound alright, but are they like obsessed with Overwatch? I mean, it is great, but there are other video games. They really make me work for it. No, in fact, they talk about a different video game every episode. Huh, maybe that is worth my time. What's it called? Overwitch. Like, like a magic spell switch kind of witch? No, kind of like which game you should play. Woof, that is not a great name for a podcast. Yeah, that's not It's not one. the best name. Just give it a try. He certainly wasn't missing from the game, but yeah, it's uh-huh. a fun addition. I want to talk about how this game tackles minorities. So he's not Torbjorn anymore, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, he's actually Torbjorn's little brother, Morbjorn. Overwitch is a proud member of Lunar Light Studio. Catch us every other Friday.